Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Julio Rodriguez, and this is the Lookout Landing Podcast. Like many of you, I live in America, and as you may have heard rumors about, we have an election going on right now. We understand that a conversation about what the Seattle Mariners should do this offseason is not the most important issue in the world right now, although it is third or fourth. I ran the numbers. Uh, or as we know that things have been pretty stressful this week, this feels like a frivolous pursuit, but at the same time, I'm sure all six million of you who listen to this probably need an escape. Speaking of which, if any of you live in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, or the United Kingdom and want to get married, your boy will bust it open for a visa if shit gets out of hand. So here's what we're going to do. On the count of three, I want all of you to take a deep breath in, get as much air as you can up in there, and then when you're ready to exhale, feel free to put a little stank on it. Maybe your exhale will be a ghoulish scream. Maybe it will have a striking calmness like Edgar Martinez in the batter's box. Or maybe you'll refuse to exhale in hopes that you pass out. Either one is fine. Ready? Three, two, one. <sighs> Beautiful. And now, without further ado, let's start the show. My name is Matthew Robertson, host of the Lookout Landing podcast, and I'm joined today by two members of the Lookout Landing gang. First, we have managing editor Kate Prusser. Kate, how are you doing during this uh, extremely, extremely weird time, which has been also this entire year? <laughs> you just made me choke on my rosé that I was sucking in while you instructed us to put some stank on it. So 
Um, yeah, it was a few minutes of coughing and recovering over here. Also because I was laughing through that. So thanks for the laugh. Also going to go ahead and say yes. Also open to uh, anybody who is an out of country listener who wants a, a who, who has an extra visa spot available. I'll cook. I'll clean. I'll yeah, be I'll, I'll be a credit to your household in whatever way. Um, but I'm getting a little nervous about <laughs> about how things are going here. It's a little, it's frightening. I think no matter what side you stand on, it's uh, it's very stressful. And so, yeah, I exactly. definitely encourage everyone to invest in self-care and do it better than I am doing it, which is uh, just involving a lot of potato chips and alcohol. Listen, whatever gets you through the day. I feel like, you know, I never want to advocate for drug or alcohol use but if you are the type of person who is already um inclined to do those things then i would say continue to do that uh, <laughs> at a at a rate that keeps you uh healthy and stable and i mean that. whatever at the end of the day it's like whatever kind of gets you through the night slash doesn't make you feel badly in the morning so it's just a it's a balancing of that right it is. It really is. And also joining us, we have Mikey Ahedo. Mikey, how's it going, man? How is your uh, mental health slash physical health slash just well-being in general? I'm I'm just doing my best out here. I'm I'm, I'm going to counseling, so uh, she's she's yeah she's keeping me she's keeping me straight. Beautiful. Did you guys talk about uh, possible relievers the Mariners could sign? Is that part of counseling? Uh yeah. She's um pretty partial to um Oliver Perez. Oh wow! I love that. Yeah, a nuanced take, right? (laughs) See, most people, I feel like you know, not to go down a rabbit hole here. Most people (laughs) are just saying, "Oh, you know, we got to get Brad Hand or Sean Doolittle, someone who throws out an Oliver Perez." You know, they've done their homework there and very financially frugal of your exactly because that's not going to cost very much money. So, uh, yeah, give her my number as well, and we'll we'll talk Oliver Perez contract details. Absolutely. I have no interest in the actual counseling. I just want to talk about <laughs> how much money we should give Oliver Perez. Um, so anyway, yeah, we are here to talk about that same thing. Uh, not just relievers, but what the Mariners should do with their offseason, uh, whether it's free agency, trades, international signings, whatever it may be. And there's a lot of options, which I think is kind of the fun part here. It's like always a fun are- part of the off-season plan when everything before the chips really start falling and everything is like a possibility this is just breathing in because this is the most fun part of the off-season to me it's when the horizons are wide full of possibility i agree but i think especially this year or at least something we haven't had in the last two off-seasons is the mariners having the potential to add rather than trade away all of our favorite players so i think for me like i'm excited to see how creative they can get i feel like this is Jerry DePoto's like ideal off season where like everything is on the table. And I feel like what we, from what we know about Jerry, he's absolutely gonna, gonna pull some wild shit. Um, so we're giving you have a lot to cover. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of angles here, but I want to start with just the fun question. The one that gets everyone excited. Um, who is the one particular free agent that you want the Mariners to sign more than the rest? Like if it was up to you, the Mariners would have them on the roster tomorrow uh kate we can start with you who's your who's your guy this offseason Ooh, okay um so i was looking at i know that everybody is going to say starting pitching and i do agree i think they need to sign like a mid-tier starting pitcher to cover innings since kendall graven isn't going to be around i'd love to see a reunion with taiwan walker 
Uh, I love the piece you wrote about Marcus Stroman, Matthew, before they slapped the franchise tag on him, or not franchise tag, the qualifying offer, whatever, the the baseball equivalent to keeping player salaries down. Um, I hope, honestly, that Stroman accepts that and just bets on himself. But anyway, I, I don't want him with a qualifying offer attached. I'm sorry. Um... So yeah, I have some like moderate wishes. I do think it's important to have some like one more piece of stability so we're not looking at poor LJ Newsom like that game against the Giants which pretty much broke me and I hope didn't break him. Um but honestly, the Mariners were mm, 27th overall in slugging percentage last year and 24 fourth I think yes 24th in team average and I think also 24th in OBP nope 27th in OBP so uh, they were not great with the bats and I just I really feel like I want a piece that can provide some stability there I want to see what Ty France has to do I want to see what Shedlong could be um I am an early adopter of a big Mitch Hanniger comeback season. I absolutely believe he's going to come back and he's going to be better than ever. But they need some more stability in that lineup. Um, and so for that reason, I would love to see them sign a bat. I would love it to be something that they don't have to give up any kind of draft pick compensation for. I think that's still important. Um, and I honestly was really swayed by this piece that John wrote about Ha Sung King and Ha Sung Kim, right? Is that how you say it? I have no idea how to pronounce Korean. I'm so sorry. I mean, I it, yeah, sounds good to me. If anyone in Korea wants to cancel Kate, you're going to have to <laughs> can, come over here and please, do it in person. Please. No, teach me. Teach me how to do it better. No, Should have looked up how to say them. his name before this. Um, I thought John wrote a really persuasive piece about him. Initially, I was not like totally sold because I think there is kind of a... Uh, a little bit of a spotty track record with guys coming over from the KBO. Um, but I really believe in the bat-to-ball skills. I think he's a good defender. And I think long-term, they're going to have to look into something f- that can be a stopgap for Kyle Seeger before either they decide to move Noel V. Marte over or Austin Shenton, who they've poured a ton of development time into, uh, is ready. There's just not... Milcar Perez is another one, but he's like a little baby who is just in fall development league. Like, there's stuff in the pipeline, but none of it is a guarantee. So I'm going to split it. I'm going to cheat and split it and say either Kim to kind of cover some infield and provide some some stability there, some hit tool, some on-base ability that we don't have, or just screw it, sign JT Real Muto. I love Cal Raleigh. He's been tearing up the developmental league. He has not hit at double A or above. So unless you are a huge believer in Tom Murphy, which I have to admit I'm a little shaky on, uh, do I love the Tom Murphy, Luis Torrens? I mean, uh, what's his face? The Mariners catching coordinator. Why did his name just fly out of my mind? I think you're the only person who would even know that. <clears throat> no, so I'm most... You're on your own here. No, I am not. He's Tony Arnerich. Tony Arnerich. I meant, I meant within this conversation. Okay, that is the yeah, first I've fair. ever heard that's that name. <laughs> Tony Arnerich. No, he's great. He's really good. And I, I mean, a huge, a huge amount of the steps forward that Austin Nola took are directly 
attributable to him. I think the improve the improvement in Cal Raleigh's defensive game is directly attributable. Like he's a big deal in the catching community. Um, so I he could theoret and I think that what they do at catcher will tell us how secure they feel in house about their options between Raleigh, Murphy, and Torrens, but I would sleep better at night knowing that we had JT Real Muto signed, although uh, effectively that really does just block Cal Raleigh, and they seem so high on him, I don't think it's a possibility. But as far as like what would make me personally feel the best about the team's chances to really be competitive next year, uh, it's buying a bat, and it's a bat that is proven, and so maybe Kim doesn't even really fit that, but... Uh, I like the upside there, and he would cost nothing more than money. So, right, yeah, very compelling case, Mikey. Who's your dude? I'm a cheat as well. Okay. Yes, um, yay for love cheating this already. So, I think that the best fit in general, um, because of kind of what Depoto has hinted at, is probably going to be someone who is not a top tier free agent and who's on the older side. Um, in terms of more like upper echelon guys, DJ LeMahieu, his crowdsource um, AAV right now is 14 million, which is not a lot at all. Um, so I think that's that's feasible. And honestly, at this point, I don't really care to see Shedlong all that much at second base. Um, Ty France is cool, but I would rather him play into a spot than um, <clears throat> kind of rely on him for one. Uh, and DJ LeMahieu is actually a pretty good fit at, um, I almost said Safeco, at T-Mobile because he goes the other way a lot um, and plays decent defense. So um, LeMahieu's, <coughs> excuse me, one of my upper echelon guys. Um, and then I think otherwise I'd like to see um, an older pitcher like Charlie Morton or Corey Kluber, who I wrote about today. Um, I don't think either are especially likely. Um, and then Tommy Listella and Colton Wong, I think, are are two that are somewhat likely, um, especially Listella. You don't think uh, Kluber is like? I feel like they have a better shot at Kluber, any pitcher, than they do at um, LeMahieu. I think they have yeah. no prayer in LeMahieu, sadly. I think so. Um, the the lookout lander landing uh, readers had no like wanted nothing to do with uh Corey Kluber but <laughs> um I think I think it's a good fit I mean we don't we're not in the like we're not looking for someone that we want to sign to seven years no um we have such a pipeline of uh just pitching talent in the minors that um I think someone like him or Morton would be a really strong fit and Morton it kind of sounds like like he's close to retiring yeah he um, wants to stick like around he's... Tampa Bay I think right so I um, see them bringing him back on like a one-year deal yeah um and so I would like to see Kluber and like like I wrote about if he doesn't do that well like hopefully he pitches you know a handful of innings and we can just give those innings to whoever else we would be giving them to right now I just um, think Kluber is cooked I think his arm is cooked yeah, it might be, but I feel like, aside from not playing, I feel like his downside is Felix-esque. Hmm. Oof. And that's fine with me, for the record. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about Kluber. I feel like I haven't even entertained it as a real possibility, so I'm kind of like, it's been a very, like, detached thought for me. Like, I haven't really considered it. 
mm-hmm. too deep. I did read Mikey's thing, and that like led me to think like, okay, it's maybe not the worst idea. But I still feel like the Mariners probably have like ten starting pitchers ranked ahead of him on yeah. their board. And real quick, I want to give a shout out to uh, Brandon Nichols on Twitter, who asked, "What would be your big swing move? Like a trade where you would say, screw it." Um, oh no, wait, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong question. Nick Fielden asked. Which current M's are most at risk to lose their spot? And are there any free agents you'd say, screw current Mariner guy to pick up? I feel like, uh, Kate, do not listen to this. I would say, screw Dylan Moore. And also Shed Long for DJ DJ LeMahieu, which is what Mikey was saying. The disrespect. DJ LeMahieu is significantly better than Dylan Moore. I don't know how else to explain that. If there was any prayer, DJ LeMahieu would come here slash if he wanted to come here and I didn't believe that millions of New York Yankee fans would form a human chain to prevent his plane from departing. Uh, I just, uh, yeah. I mean, I love the, I love the idea of it for sure. Yeah. I feel like it's second base and catcher are the ones where you could say like, yeah, okay, definitely catcher Mariners... is the one for me. Swing big Wait, for real. Muto. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Those are the ones where I think if the Mariners made a upgrade, it would help. Can we also talk about how hilariously Philadelphia just completely screwed that whole thing up? Like, what are you doing, Philadelphia? You gave up a lot to get him and you just what you're you're just going to let him walk (laughs) after this year? Like when you didn't do anything? Like (laughs) the answer is yes. (laughs) Why? What? How? How toxic is Philadelphia? Do you think I I, I feel like they have to be toxic. People have to not want to be there for them I to bet it's the fanatic. I feel like he's got the fanatic <laughs> has a, a hidden agenda that we're not mm-hmm. totally aware the of. F- the fanatic is pretty clearly a chaos Muppet and like him and Gritty probably just go in there and fuck up that locker room <laughs> every day. That's a really good point. Those two in the same city is far too powerful. Yeah. I will say having lived in Philadelphia, it as a city has a lot of chaos Muppet energy. Like, that's what I hear. Oh, yeah. There's just, like, rules, like, road rules. Like, they don't really exist. Like, you can just be driving through North Philly, and you're like, here's a red light. I stop. And the driver next to you is like, nope, not feeling it. Just going to peel right <laughs> through this. I, I hear there's a stench. There's definitely but... a stench. A huge, okay. huge, all summer long pervasive stench, actually, because of open sewers. So that's probably oh, the Jesus mascots. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's very, very real. It is. It is. Um, it's a scrappy city. And if you love it, you love it. But it is. a. Uh, it, it's not. I think the if we can actually get guys to Seattle, I think Seattle is a really good sell in the summertime. Like. This is oh, a nice sure. place to be. Uh, as long as you don't yeah. care, you know, so much about getting a ton of media attention or, like, maybe being on a winning team. If those I things aren't be. important to you, you will love it here. That's why Chris Archer. I'm afraid he's cooked. Oh, segue. I know. I'm afraid oh, Chris Archer's arm is cooked because TOS is, is real tough. Um, yeah, that's But if you can get Chris Archer really cheaply, we know he loves Seattle. He was my first free agent target that I wrote up and I still got it. I would just, I've been dreaming about having Chris Archer for the last like five years. Like maybe this is the year it could happen. Yeah. So it sounds like you guys are both pretty firmly in the get a starting pitcher camp. Cause there's going to be people who say, Oh, you know, we already have, if you look at like just names, they have five guys, maybe even six. If they just want to run it back with Marco Sheffield, Kikuchi done, 
and Nick Margavichis, which is not very exciting, obviously, but those are five guys that the Seattle Mariners have, and you could also factor in a potential Logan Gilbert call-up or the re-signing of Taiwan Walker that feels somewhat inevitable. Um, But I I think that we are all, I'm including myself in this, big go-get-a-starting-pitcher guy. And I was Team Stroman, obviously. That's the person I wrote about and the one that would make me the happiest. Um, But they did hit him with a qualifying offer, so we'll see what happens there. Would any of you, let's go to a Twitter question while I'm on the subject, from at Simp for Tyree. I don't know who Tyree is. Thrilled for them. Uh, Would you be interested in Jake Odorizzi? Yes or no? Uh, maybe yeah. like three years ago. <laughs> no, he's okay. Good. Just don't he's let him fine. go like th- three times through. I think he would be a, a very fine. I defer. I defer to low Ma- risk. I defer to Mikey, who knows a lot more about. But I mean, if you're gonna go for Jake Odorizzi, I would rather you go for somebody who has more personality than like a wafer cookie. So. <laughs> I mean, pick sure. someone with a similar skill set who brings something personality-wise. Like, I would rather so, have Taiwan. I would rather pay more for Taiwan. Really? Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I guess he was pretty – he did show a lot last year. And I don't think I saw Jake Odorizzi pitch once in 2020, so I don't know. Mikey, you said yes, though. You want Odorizzi if given the opportunity? Yeah, there's, a, I think, a, an interesting athletic article basically about how it's kind of a weird story, actually, but basically he, he got a bunch of velo back, uh, really improved his fastball, and I, I think he's a really good pitcher the first two times through, um, so there is the, the caveat that he's not exactly going to save the bullpen, but I'm not all that interested in Taiwan. Like, I love him as, you know, Taiwan, but I don't think he's especially great as a pitcher. Uh, <laughs> I love no, him, I don't I think he's not no, good at baseball. I mean the stuff is the stuff overpowering. It's not like he's lost some the ticks on the fastball that when he could get by with pure velocity. But I think Taiwan has learned a lot and he's really learning how to throw his pitches. I think the Mariners were helping him with it this time around and he was in a place where he could listen to it. So I just I think that there's a much higher ceiling there. I want something with some ceiling. Like, that was what was fun about Graveman, was, like, yeah. there was some ceiling there, right? And but also... also I, the argument that you just need someone who will, like, contribute now. Like, Odorizzi, you, right. you can pencil him in for, like, you know, a f- probably, like, a 4-2 ERA or something. Like, he'll be solid, you know? I don't think he would, like, completely explode for the way sure. some of these other guys could. I just want to point out one thing, though, and that's that... The, for all the talk about a starting pitcher, like I just don't feel like the starting pitcher, the need to add, and maybe Odorizzi fits this then. Um, the Mariners ranked 10th in the league in starting pitcher. They're, overall, they ro- wind up like 25 or something. But if you just take out the – it's because the bullpen was so bad. The bullpen was literally the worst in the yeah. league, historically bad. If you just take the starter ERA slash you know, their stats – they're top 10. I mean, they're on the edge of the top 10. And I think there are some arguments that like maybe some staffs that were behind them are a little better. But the starters were not. And I think you just you have to manage Justin Dunn a little bit like he really didn't get any AAA time. I think that would be something he would be well served by. He was just dealing with batters who were so much more sophisticated and knowledgeable and ready to adjust to what he was trying to do to them. It was a rough year. I don't think Justin Dunn was as bad as he looked. And obviously, I'm the Justin Dunn stan on the staff, so take this (laughs) with a grain of salt, I guess. But I think 
You send him to AAA and let him work on some stuff. LJ Newsom gets some AAA time. He's got some pitches that need refinement. You have those guys. You have Logan Gilbert. You have all of them ready to bring up. Just need some guy who can cover a few innings. So yeah, maybe that's Odorizzi. Um, I'm looking to, because I do not believe that the Mariners are actually going to be competitive, even though they say they're going to be. I think they're going to be very much like they were this year, uh, kind of on those outer edges. I think other teams that took a long time to kind of get going, like unfortunately the Astros, and who knows? I mean, the Astros are losing a lot of talent, but I, those teams, things will look different over a 162-game season rather than the 60-game season. So I think the Mariners get more quickly outclassed than they did uh. this year. Um, so yeah, I want something that's available to flip at the trade deadline, too. So if we could get a guy on like a one-year deal, that would I would really like that. I think one of the... One of the signings that would make the most sense, I think, because he's shown the ability to go so many innings, with which I think matters a lot, but also is just a really interesting pitcher, is Robbie Ray. With that said, I have a feeling we're going to do something like sign Brett Anderson and like Taiwan Walker. And yeah. it's All just of those names gross. you said were names I was going to throw at you, because that's was going to be my next question. I was just going to throw out some names and you guys say if you'd be interested or not. So Robbie Ray was one of them. I know Mikey's a big Robbie Ray guy. I think I'd also, I'd be into that because there is a ceiling there. Like you said Mm -hmm. earlier, Kate, like when Robbie Ray's on, he's like a strikeout machine, but he can also be really, really bad. Um, Would you be interested in a Chase Anderson? I think that's probably a, well, he's, that one feels like a, like logically, I feel like the Mariners are kicking the tires there. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think so. Him or Brett, either of them are yeah. boring and white enough that they feel like. <laughs> a safe pick, exactly. Yeah. Um, similar vibe. What about a Rick Porcello, who I'll remind mm. you won a Cy Young Award. Oh, God. Um, I mean. Mm-mm. I mean, so, like. No, I I'm not interested in what he costs, <laughs> probably, because yeah. of name, rec- name recognition versus what I think he brings. Because he is and definitely like, sharply on the downslope. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I think it's likely, and I wouldn't hate, I kind of would hate it, honestly. (laughs) But, like, there are worse things that we could do that I would hate more. So, I don't know what my answer is. Speaking of which, you guys can uh, really scream your answer here. Uh, There is one guy out there who has made a name for himself in the worst way, and I want to give you a chance to denounce him, perhaps. Uh, One Trevor Bauer is available this offseason. Um... So, like, the player? Yeah. <laughs> like, I would give the player $40 million for a year. Um, the person is dog shit. I don't know. So, <laughs> I, this is going to be, like, kind of a sidebar, but I've been working pretty hard on... I think humans are a lot m- more complex than we talk about. Yeah. Uh, and we like to talk about things in black and white. I'm guilty of calling Trevor Bauer a piece of shit. Um, so I think there's a lot more to Trevor Bauer than he, he, you know, puts forth. And I think he probably loves his family and friends and humans just as much as I do. But he says a lot of shitty stuff. Uh, and I, for the blackest team in, in baseball, I don't think it would be a good look um, to go out and, and sign Trevor Bauer. So... Yeah, Um, I mean, primarily, I think the roughest thing with him is, like, you have the blackest team in baseball on one hand, 
you've Braden Bishop out there tweeting every day, like, stuff about race and justice. And Trevor Bauer has said uh, most baseball players support Trump. And it's like, well, uh, perhaps in the aggregate, maybe not so much. In, but, and again, this is, like, not meant to be political. It's just looking at it from a standpoint of a cultural fit. Like, is this a cultural fit? No judgment. Is this a cultural fit? And I think from those statements, maybe not. I will also say Trevor Bauer has learned some things, I think, over, uh, you know, just constantly kind of being flamed in a, in a way that I think it's tough. It's tough to learn when everyone is calling you a piece of dog shit, for example, um, because right. then you get very defensive and it's hard to learn when you're in kind of a defensive pose. I think given those... Given those strictures, he has learned some things. I don't know if it's enough. Um, but more importantly, I do like Trevor Bauer, the pitcher. I think he's a, he would be a g good fit here from that standpoint because he is very analytical about his craft. He'd fit in with like how they like to think about pitching. We know Bauer likes DePoto, uh, wanted to go play for DePoto to begin with. All that aside, I think because of his possible Cy Young campaign, he's just going to cost too much and the team doesn't need him. And so it's a moot point, happily. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want Trevor Bauer at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm with both of you. I just wanted to give us a chance to say that. Uh, okay, <laughs> rapid round and then we'll move to relievers. There's three guys here that I think are the biggest combination of like intriguing for the Mariners specifically and like kind of big names so first one old friend james paxton would you be down for a reunion oh absolutely kate yes at the right so price much. i mean i think no. paxton would be happy to come back i think he still has a house here and his wife still um operates out of a salon here so i think he still has ties and obviously ladner um british columbia is not far uh i could see him going to the brewers and because he also lives in Wisconsin and them making a pretty uh, good push for him. And I think the Brewers should. Like, the Brewers should give yeah. James Paxton a huge fuck ton of money. Yeah, I'd uh, be fine with that. that if he would... goes to another team, the Brewers are, like, a perfectly harmless yeah. choice. In fact, I'm going to ping uh, our Brew Crew Ball sister site and tell them to write a big push for James Paxton. Um, because I just think that's a super logical fit. I don't know so much about here. The problem, he just gets hurt so much. So he would fit from like the one year standpoint, but I want better for James Paxton. So go to a contending team, even though they're like just kind of contending by their fingernails. And yeah, the crowdsource is, is two years, 30 million. And I, so I would reasonable. definitely, yeah, I would, I would give him that. I would give easily. him more than that, honestly. Yeah. I agree. What about um, potentially washed but local legend slash, I think from everything I've heard, good locker room guy, John Lester? No. No thanks. <laughs> Have not heard a good locker room guy about him. Can't throw to first base. I mean, maybe having Evan White there would help him. So, uh, yeah, no thank uh, you, though. Very washed. Extremely washed. I'm, I think I'm all right. Washed, yeah. washed, washed. I agree. I wanted That was more to get out ahead of it because the local connection <laughs> will definitely cause some sports writer to be like oh the Mariners should check out John Lester no and the answer right. is definitely no yes yeah. um, okay last one this one I think is actually very very interesting and I think I'm pro signing him Masahiro Tanaka 
Oh, I've never even thought about that. Have not thought about that. He wow. is a free agent, and he's got some of the best stuff I've ever seen when it's on. Yeah. But it's oh. very, very sporadic. I would love that. Like, right? Because then so him and Kikuchi. Much. Love the mentorship a- to Kikuchi aspect. Oh, my God. Love. I- but, it, again, it <sighs> would have to be the right price. Uh, the crowdsource is $18 million a year for three years. Um, That's more than I want to pay. Yeah. <laughs> I think I... I would do... I think I'd do it. I think I'd do, like, 20 for two years. I mean, we don't... We don't have anyone to pay for the next No, they years. don't. And this is That's what it comes thing. down yeah. to. is like, open the wallet, pay the people... Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, as far as like getting Kikuchi some support that he needs, I think that alone is worth a ton of money. Like bring in a Japanese pitcher who's had some success and let him mentor aside from like potentially bringing in Iwakuma and having him mentor as like a coach type position since he retired from baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I think Kikuchi needs a little more support than what the organization has been giving him. So, Yeah. I think it would be great. I'm totally in favor. And if they don't get him, if they don't want to pay that much, then the Iwakuma plan is also a great thing that I had not thought of. Just like the, because Mike Cameron's kind of doing that, right? He's like an advisor who hangs out around the team and like pops in when he wants to. Yep, basically. I think Iwakuma could do that pretty well. For sure. And that would help like cement his place in the Mariner legacy, like Hall of Fame type thing, which I think he has a real... I think he has a shot at being I mean, in the Mariners Hall of Fame. If Dan Wilson can be in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> I kind of think... Look, Dan Wilson, I will well, not I hear anything against I Dan Wilson. Him. I will not. I love him. I'm just saying I think anyone's kind of got a case. <laughs> well, no. I mean, Dan Wilson has given exemplary years of service off the field to the organization. And I think that has to be considered in a hall in a Mariners Hall of Fame case, too. Like... The guys just revere Dan Wilson. He's so kind and he's so helpful to them, and and he's been such a huge force for good in the org over years. Especially I, with I've the put catchers. in a lot of service too. I've watched a lot of dog shit teams, <laughs> so I, I think I should be put in. Matthew, the please mo- move us thing. along, please, Matthew. <laughs> no, no, this is actually Mikey's on to something. Mm. I feel like, I mean, once we hit five years of blog service time, <laughs> we should be considered. We've done a lot there for the organization. There Please should be a statue of the long-suffering Mariners fan outside the stadium. <laughs> Absolutely. When the, the team gets good, I... if the team gets good, there should they should definitely build a statue to those of us who survived the first 40 years of just dog shit play. Agreed. Dog shit is the word of the day, I guess. Sure Take a is. drink every it time is. we say that. The year, got dog actually. shit on the brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing Must I will say, I want dog this... Dog shit on the brain. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I want this on wax forever, so I'm going (laughs) to say it now. Um, If they don't consider me for the Hall of Fame, fine, whatever, I get it. If they do do this rebrand that I've heard rumblings about, uh, they need to let me help because I'm going to be furious if they blow the rebrand and have like some horrible logo and horrible color scheme. Get me in that room. Let me me throw some ideas at you, Mariners. And then if you don't like him, you don't like him. But let me contribute. Yeah. Let me contribute. (laughs) Graphic design is his passion. It is. It really is. It really is. Fits are more my passion than graphic design. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the Mariners. You are really our official innovate. fit correspondent. They have a lot of room for innovation. The only team that doesn't. The Diamondbacks are the only team that like took a risk with colors, and I think the Mariners have even better colors. So, just think about it. Is all I'm saying. 
Um, okay, let's go to relievers. This one is going to happen for sure. They're going to add a reliever or two or four. I don't know what oh, the plan God. is. God, I have um, but, so much dread about this. Yeah, with relievers, you don't want to go big money, obviously. You do not want to enter what experts call the Zepchinski zone, which was a disaster oh. all around. Um, but they need help. That's the fact of the matter. And if Jerry DePoto is going to put his money where his mouth is, that mm. means probably a couple reliever contracts. And there are some candidates here that I would be pretty happy about. And then just like with the starting pitchers, there's a lot that I want zero part of. So uh, I guess we can just open it up for a discussion, kind of like what we did at the beginning. Do either of you have like a, a pet reliever that you want to be in a Mariner uniform next year? Mine is Sean Doolittle, by the way, who I also wrote about oh, and would encourage you yes. to, to go Absolutely. to the site and read my thoughts on it. So I won't keep you much longer on that, but... Anyone else have, like, a guy that you're really, really jonesing for? Um, I fucking love Colin McHugh. Um, I think I wrote about him two years ago, my, my debut year at Pitcherless, and I thought he was going to be a really solid reliever that year. I th- or not reliever, starter that year. I think he got hurt, uh, just didn't have much of a year, lost some velo. Um, but as a reliever, I would be pretty into um, having him. I would get behind that too. I think like that long reliever is actually pretty important now with starters not going mm-hmm. very long, especially with like if Dunn and Kikuchi keep going like four innings every time. Right. Colin McHugh would be a great um, person to add and familiar with the AL West, obviously. So, and if can, you want to uh, talk about cultural fits, he's dope and his wife is super dope. Uh, very culturally engaged, civically engaged. Yeah, his wife, they live in Georgia and his wife spent election season driving around to she had like a little red wagon full of snacks and pulled it behind her and gave snacks <laughs> to the people waiting in pole lines so that's adorable yeah she's great and i love her and uh i would be absolutely pro bringing in fact that's now my favorite i didn't even realize because i don't really think of him as a reliever <laughs> i think of him more as a starter so yeah uh, he would have been my I should have talked about him in the starters thing, but yeah, I would, uh, yeah, bring him, bring him over. Um, another version of that though, just now while I'm thinking about it and looking at the free agent list, another like version of McHugh, that long reliever who can give you like four innings out of the bullpen if need be. And someone who I've loved for a long time. It's really hard for me to explain why I love him. I think it's just cause he shows up and is so consistently solid. Uh, Yusmero Petit is a free agent oh. and I think for just like a one-year deal, might as well give it a shot, right? I He's gonna want to be like on a I've good seen team, the Mariners though. getting on Petit so many times. Like I don't that old familiarity thing. I guess breeding discontent and whatnot. I'm not super excited I, about Petit. I can get with it. I mean, I, I feel like it might be like an Erasmo Ramirez kind of thing. He's better uh, than Erasmo, but definitely cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Um. I mean, why not? I also feel like, like this is such an old school like sports radio take, but I feel like he's always on good teams, you know, and that's definitely <laughs> more um, like it's the, the causation correlation thing. Obviously, well, I, mean, but I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's everyone knows you sign a long reliever. That's how you immediately improve your team. So if if we're on um, <laughs> if we're on Oakland Athletics, I will throw out Liam Hendricks, who wow. we know is good buddies with um, Ryan Roland Smith and. Again, I think would be a good cultural fit. I love his stuff. I think he'll be expensive. But you know what? You've got the money. Pay for him. If you're not in it, you can trade him and probably get something pretty nice for him because I think he's still going to be pretty good. He's been 
doesn't have yeah. huge injury red flags. Uh, yeah, I, I really like him. Get Liam Hendricks, That's please. That's an important go. thing to consider, too, is like if they do a one-year deal, which is what I hope they would do for relievers, you can then flip them at the deadline. That's like everyone at the deadline wants a reliever. So this is kind of like a you can just try it out. Like It's almost like you're just trying them on, you know, look in the mirror, see how it works, and if you don't like it, you don't have to commit to it. Yeah. So I, I'd be into that, too. But I want to – it kind of opens up another question. Would you rather – see them give big money to like a Liam Hendricks, Brad Hand, Kirby Yates type, or try to use that money to get like three guys. Like you could get like Shane Green plus Darren O'Day for the cost of one Liam Hendricks kind of situation. Yeah, I guess is is quantity better than quality? I mean, I think that it depends on the evaluation you have on a guy in-house and they have so much money they shouldn't be afraid to overpay given the market if they really believe in Liam Hendricks rather than picking up three random guys and hoping kind of one of them sticks. I think that the latter is what they will do, A, because they're cheap despite having a bunch of money. Um, And, I mean, I know that they gave Kikuchi a big contract or whatever, but the Mariners are cutting just as many jobs as everyone else. So um, I think this illusion that they are big spenders. Yeah, they're, they're, they're... Definitely in the middle of how teams are using their payrolls, and yet they have a ton of payroll flexibility that other teams don't have. Um, and I'm talking both about the on-field and the off-field payroll there. So yeah, now let's just say it: every team can afford every player. Every they team can afford every to. player. I know the Indians, Cleveland is crying today, crying poor and saying they're gonna trade Lindor, which is that they can't afford him or whatever, which is just. Hot, hot garbage. And also, I hope we're going to talk a little bit about Lindor. I think I saw a question come by about him, just because I think that's oh, yeah. due diligence to talk about him. We will get to that. Yeah, don't don't worry. I've had my eyes on him since he entered the league. <laughs> but yeah, I would yeah. rather have um, I would rather have a solid thing in Liam Hendricks than like three guys who are all bounce back candidates. And even though I believe and trust in the Mariners' ability to maximize relievers. I think they tend to do a better job with the guys who come out of systems that aren't utilizing them well at all, like the Nationals. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I either want to see them spend a big pile of money on relievers or no money on relievers and just continue to pick up waiver wire guys and and put them through their development process. Oh, I don't want that. I'm so tired of the Brady Lales of the world. No, but I, I, Brady Lale, there's there's a difference though between Austin Adams and a Brady Lale. Like Austin Adams was required was acquired with a goal in mind. They had a plan for him. They were like, we're gonna adjust your pitch mix. You've already got big stuff, so we're just gonna let the stuff play essentially. Um, and they they were hugely successful, and they flipped him as part of that deal. Or they got uh, what's his name. No, they didn't flip him individually. Um, or like Taylor Williams, I think, is another oh, good yeah. example of that. But Brady, Le- I mean, there's you have to know the difference between the ones who were acquired just to eat up innings, like uh, Walker Lockett, and the ones who were acquired because they saw something, identified something that they feel like, you know, through a change in pitch mix, a change in mechanics, um, they felt like they could make a va- more valuable reliever out of them. It's just sure. this year That's we a had a lot point. more of the Brady Lales than the Austin Adamses. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah. Right. Um, I want to address another direct Twitter question from at. Matthew Brownie, um, any promising hard-throwing relievers with iffy control that Seattle should target? So Matthew Brownie definitely has a type. Uh, I get it. <laughs> and the thing about hard-throwing relievers, Matthew, is that there's a lot of them. Um, every reliever now throws very, very hard. So there are a lot. Um, I want to kind of pose this to the group um, as a bigger question. There's Blake Trinan is out there. We've seen Blake a lot. We've seen him have his ups and downs, obviously. Um, just first answer, best answer. What do you think about Blake Trinan? Over too much, costs too much for what he is. Yeah. Um, okay. If we're talking, I think the question is targeted more at like um, the hard throwing iffy control. So like actually Austin Adams fits that model. He had huge walk problems with Washington. Uh, the Mariners were able to just dial him back a little on his stuff, not have him overthrowing so much. And then the command came about. Um, obviously, Johan Ramirez is a is our in-house example say. of that. I think you can go after anyone from the... And they've definitely shown a propensity to do this. Actually, they just did this with Domingo Tapia, who they picked up out of the Red Sox organization. Um, and if the Red Sox don't want it, that, to me, was a red flag. But he throws real, real hard. He definitely has control issues. Um <clears throat> So they've kind of got a guy like that in-house who they will be working on. I think also you'll see a guy like that picked up in the Rule 5 draft, which is where they got Johan Ramirez, where they got Brandon Brennan, um, especially from the Astros, who their whole developmental philosophy is teach guys to just throw really hard and not worry about where it's going. So there's there are a lot of those guys rattling around in the league because, again, a lot of teams started imitating Houston, so... There's just a real premium on that, but it's separating the guys who have the secondaries that will hold them up if the plus velocity, if they can never land it in the zone. And also picking out guys you feel like there's a mechanical change that you can make or there's a way to get them, they're coachable into the zone for some reason. Right. Yeah. I guess if the question was like reclamation projects, that's definitely where you look rule five or like other teams, minor league guys. Um, at the big league level, there's a couple hard-throwing, erratic free agents who uh, I don't really want, but just to answer the question, uh, Pedro Strope is available, a guy who is an adventure <laughs> no, every time he pitches. No, thank you. No, thank has, you. We live through Fernando Rodney. Hat, we do not need Pedro Strope. No, thank exactly. you. Exactly. Um, the crooked hat, okay. though, is just such a easy way to my heart. Like I love <laughs> I love any crooked hat. Um, Jeremy Jeffress is also in that mold, is available. 
uh, Hector Rondone. So Matthew Brownie, if you want any of those guys, I wouldn't mind Jeffers. I will. I will say I wouldn't mind Jeffers. I always liked him when he was with Texas. I don't believe Texas has a great arms development program, which R.I.P. Art Warren. I'm sad for him. Yeah. Uh, sad to have lost him. I don't know what they thought they were going to do. They're going to you're just going to sneak a guy who throws 98 through waivers, whatever. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind them ta- taking a, a flyer on Jeffress. I think again, like anyone they identify who has control issues is going to be someone they feel like they can fix those control issues. I wouldn't yeah. mind the latter two. Um, I, I think if we're going to go with someone with a crooked hat. I'd rather see a reunion with Alex Colome. Yes, that was going to be my next um, yes. question. Great, look at that. Love him. Um, I think he might be someone who, I guess, relative to like market value, might cost more, at least according to you know the, the crowdsourcing. But um, I think it'd be fun. I think it would be, um, you know, he would provide some stability that we have sorely, sorely lacked since he's been here. Um, so I'm I'm team call me. Me too. I think that would yeah. Everything you said, I totally agree with. I think also with free agency, it's so easy to get caught up in who would be fun. And Colomay has that plus like oh he's actually a very good relief pitcher who could help yeah. tomorrow. So it doesn't really seem like there's any reason not to you know like just yeah. go yeah. try it. And based on his locker room selfies, he liked being in Seattle when he was here. <laughs> And there was a oh, lot of the locker room selfies. And we have, I mean, he's a ground ball pitcher, and, and we have a good infield defense, obviously, because half of it is uh, they won gold gloves. So, um, yeah, I think he's a, a pretty good fit here for multiple reasons. Yeah, as far yeah. as attracting free agent pitchers to Seattle, I feel like saying, hey, you're going to play in front of two gold glove winners is pretty appealing, especially if you're a ground right. ball guy. I would put he that in my ERA sales under, pitch. Under least. one, so yeah. Colomay had an ERA under one. Yeah, in twenty-two innings, and oh uh, FI, FIP under three too. Good for him. We love that. Yeah. We love a well-trained horse. <laughs> we do. Um, we have another bullpen question from at GM Mariners, which Jerry, if that's you, please be a little more creative. <laughs> um, GM Mariners asks, what are the expectations for Wyatt Mills in 2021? He's been locking down the back end of instructional games and touching 97. And also, GM Mariners is curious on where we see Mishevich and Brandon Brennan being slotted in the bullpen. I think those are really the only two people who we can like say from last year will probably like assuredly be back. Everyone else I feel like could go. And yeah. if we, I want to see the Wyatt Mills. Like, you know, we saw Joey Gerber this year who doesn't throw 97, but like was that internal option who like was kind of a, a fan favorite for those who follow the minor leagues and like a. I mean, a Gerber was throwing 97 in. Gerber's velo went down a little at the major league level. He was like down oh, around 93, well, 94, me. but he'd been up around 96, 97. I don't know why he mm-hmm. lost that velo, but. Well, I mean, speaking of Brandon Brennan, like he's the guy where if you want to talk about pitch mix changes, like if he throws his changeup more, if he throws his slider more, which he doesn't really use a ton, uh, his fastball is just not very like it doesn't induce whiffs. His changeup is in terms of change like changeups, um, it's kind of difficult to post a good strike rate with them because you're often throwing them out of the zone um, and 
when hitters aren't chasing, they're going for balls. Uh, but he does to a, a you know a good amount. So um, he's someone that I think is going to be someone to watch this year, and, and there's a reason why the Mariners. Um, you know, sought after him. Yeah, there's a reason most back-end relievers are uh, fastball slider guys because mm-hmm. those are the pitches you get whiffs on and you don't so much on the old change-up. But right. when you have a change-up that's as good as Brandon Brennan's, I mean, you're approaching, like, uh, God-level pitch. You know, one <laughs> one super standout pitch that can... But no, do I? I won't. I won't. Brandon Brennan more of like a fifth, sixth, seventh inning guy as opposed to like an eighth, ninth guy. Mm-hmm. Um, as for Wyatt Mills, so he has been up there. He's also like his last outing. He was more down like ninety one, ninety two. I think he's still having like release point issues. Uh, there's been some some instability in how he was performing last year, which is why we didn't see him called up. Um, I'm really hoping he should be running rampant over the fall development league. Cause he's like five years, six years, seven years <laughs> older than a lot of the guys there. So, you know, he should, he should be doing well. Um, I'm hoping for a good spring training from him. I know he works really hard and trains really hard and he just seemed to like lose his command at points last year in that Arkansas bullpen, or not, 2019, sorry, because uh, it all feels like one big blur now, which is why he didn't get the call up in the, in late 2019, and then I guess they were not uh, impressed enough by what he was doing at the alt, or no, he didn't even get called to the alternate site, which was weird. Uh, one of the, I think, the biggest snubs as far as, like, somebody who was said to be on the precipice, so again, I don't know what's gone a foul there um but i'm a little worried for wyatt mills's future yeah i i, I don't think in terms of of the actual question um i don't think misevich is is especially um good <laughs> um, he's not you know, but the, I think... the curveball is good it didn't show as well i don't and i don't know if it's just that minor major league batters are not going to be as fooled by it as yeah. minor leaguers were but the curveball is good he's left-handed he can cover a fair amount of innings for you. He gets results. Yeah. Like yeah, he's that, got that's the old thing. Availability is the best. <laughs> yeah, thing that is thing. true that as well. Fun. He's our short king. He's our short left-handed king. <laughs> gets things done. Yeah, he's 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 somewhat like I mean, kind of interesting. He's got interesting pitches, and he's left-handed, so um, he's not. Uh, what was his name? Brady Lale. I don't even remember. Um, and then as for White Mills, I think he's he's pretty interesting, especially if he does have his velo. Um, the thing about being an extreme side armor is that he's going to have really wide uh, platoon splits because, um, you know, you're showing the ball really early to one uh, batter handedness and really late to another. Um, so that's something to watch. I think he's more of, of um, an earlier guy than a back end guy, but um, he's not Brady Lale. So I'm sorry, Brady. Like, you know. I think we've said this before, though, on earlier episodes. Like, Brady Lale is going to become the go-to, like, throwaway Mariner reliever name when we're, like, trying to make a joke. Like, oh, at least he's not Brady Lale. Like, that's just yeah. what he's doomed to that be. That is unfair because family. I feel like uh, Brian Shaw deserves that so much more. He was unwatchable this year. And also, Casey Fine, who not only, fiend, was fiend, yeah. not only was he terrible, but he slandered Nelson Cruz 
online. So Oh yeah. Yeah, so I think if we're going to make Fuck a him. villain out of the Mariners bullpen ghosts past, it has to be Casey Fiend. He was supposed to be good. Yeah, by the way, Nelson Cruz also a free agent. Come back home, baby. We have a place for Whoa. you. Yeah, let him let him go win with Minnesota. Although what the hell, Minnesota? Like get your get your act together, Minnesota. Right. Get your playoff act together. Nelson Cruz deserved better. He does. He does. Always and forever. Okay, let's address the elephant-sized smile in the room. Um, There are multiple questions about Francisco Lindor on Twitter. I don't have time to shout out all of you. But the easiest, most succinct one came from ActionZach at RealZachMason. What would you be willing to give up for Lindor? So with Lindor, it would have to be a trade. He has... I believe one more year on his contract with Cleveland. So um, you'd have to pounce now. And obviously it would take a lot of stuff to get him. He's one of the best players in the league. Um, I know that Kate is a, has sort of, I would say, a close relationship with some of our prospects. You just you love a prospect and you hold them closely. But uh, which of them would you give up for Francisco Lindor, if you had to part with one of your one of your favorite sons, what is happening to JP Crawford in this scenario? Are you trading JP Crawford away? Yeah, I think well, that could be traded. that could be part of your answer. Um, because I mean, you can't put Francisco Lindor and JP Crawford in the same infield. Unfortunately, like you are just wasting the skills of one of them because they're both Gold Glove caliber shortstops. So. Not even caliber. They've both yes, won. Okay, they're both, yes, they've both won. Yes, they're both gold glove holders. Um, I love Lindor, but I think JP, especially the defense. I mean, I'm still worried a little bit about the offense and the bat. Um, I'm willing to say, like, I'm not as worried about upgrading shortstop as I am about third base. So... I guess if we're trading away J.P. Crawford, which I don't love, but if we're trading well, I would away... I do it for Francisco Lindor. Yeah, if we're, tra- if we're trading J.P. Crawford and, pff, I don't know, Emerson Hancock, um, some pitching to... Do you think, I was going to say, do you think that would do it? No, no, no. They would, no, they would want, it would have to be like Emerson Hancock and J.P. Crawford and like... I don't think you would. You wouldn't have to add Julio or Jared or any of that or Raleigh even to a package like that. But I might. I might part with Cal Raleigh if it meant getting Francisco. Oh. I I might as well. Gross. <laughs> I was gonna say I. I would say Jared, Julio, and Gilbert should be untouchable. I feel like everyone else you gotta at least consider. In my opinion. I just feel like if you trade Raleigh, you have to sign Real Muto or do something because you've taken you the have one. To sign Real Muto, you could just sign another you've, catcher. You've taken the one like prospective catcher that you have in the system out of the system, so there's literally no one else other than Cal uh, Raleigh. This is, this is wanna... Eric Kratz Erasure. Kate, he's <laughs> out there. He's available. Austin Romine, Drew Butera. I think our catcher situation is fine, honestly. No. Like I. I think if you look across the league in terms of, of like, war, like, production out of the catcher position, it's not great. Like, few teams have a JT Real Muto, and I don't even really think we need to sign him, considering I think if the Mariners do, they're less likely to uh, spend money elsewhere. I think they're pretty 
unlikely to spend money in general. Um, but just for a frame of reference, um, I was looking up just on Twitter, like what, because I've seen some like names being floated around and, and they've been pretty underwhelming in terms of how much talent is being moved. Um, like SNY TV said, should the Mets trade for Francisco Lindor? And they said, acquire him for Andres, uh, Jimenez, JD Davis, and Ronnie Mauricio. So that's not a lot. That would not do it. <laughs> um, and, like, if if that's kind of the package, because I think they're pretty desperate to move him. Yeah, that's the um, other thing. I I think, and for the record, I, I would also move Logan Gilbert for, for, um... No. Uh, Lindor. No, absolutely no? not. Why? No. Why not? Because Logan Gilbert is a died in, like, Logan Gilbert is successful in this system, will be successful in this system. He is going to be, I think, a frontline pitcher, no but deal. Lindor's already accumulated no. like 30 more. No. Yeah. no. I remember Logan we, ha- like we 24, had this. Like 24. We had this exact conversation last offseason with Mookie Betts where oh I asked straight up, would you trade Logan Gilbert for Mookie Betts? And I think I said yes because the whole point of having a baseball team is to get a player like, like Mookie, Mookie Betts. Betts or Francisco Lindor. Oh. Who's like not too far removed from that class. Like Mikey was saying, like he's a. He is a machine. Where do he we is, put Mookie Betts? Where do we put Mookie Betts in that? I mean, I just feel like I would feel differently if it was Nolan Arenado. If Nolan Arenado was up, really? Yeah, because I I like I like Lindor more than him. Is it just a position thing for you, Kate? Yeah, you it's a. It's, we already have well, Crawford. it's a position thing. Um, I I I mean, it's partially just like I have loved Nolan Arenado since he came into the league. I think he's amazing. So. It's a little bit of like a preferencing. Lindor has been trending down a little in his last couple of years in Cleveland. Who can blame him? Uh, it is a toxic place. It is a toxic work environment. I want him to go to where I feel like he will be an absolute superstar, kind of like Mookie Betts getting out of the Red Sox and just shining with the Dodgers. That was so good for baseball. So like thinking about where... Lindor could do that. Is it Seattle? I don't know. I don't know that I mean, it is. I don't think it is. He's the immediate face of the franchise. And can you think about how good he would look in like navy and teal? Really good point. Really I mean, point I, I love him, but I just <laughs> I think we have a lot of faces of the franchise perhaps coming up who will be homegrown. Like Kyle Lewis, Julio, Jared to some extent. I mean, you know, that's the whole thing is like you want to build a core a little bit. So I don't love the idea of trading some stuff that I think is going to be really important to the core in order to try to push over. Yeah, no. I hear both sides of this argument, but I think, I mean, the whole point of doing this you know what I love the, the idea whole point of, of the offseason is fake trades. I love, uh, I love the idea of Lindor in Miami. Love it. Lin- sure, Francisco Lindor, too. Miami Marlins, John Birdie or something. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's the Crawford thing again. Like if you can get Lindor, right. you probably try yeah. to. No matter how good John Birdie may be. <laughs> is it? It's not Rojas. Well, Rojas uh, isn't like a guy. I think Birdie's like might, kind of a guy for them. Yeah, my. I don't know. I, I I like the Marlins, but I don't pay that much attention to them I guess. yeah no but i mean i think the marlins are a team that needs people to pay attention to them and have like enough talent but they don't have a 
a face of the franchise so much yet. And what they do have is the stink of having traded away a bunch of faces of the franchise. So speaking of, of Mookie Betts, um, Lindor is third in F four since 2015 behind, uh, Mookie. So, uh, this is the closest we're going to, we're going to get to a superstar. That's not in our system. I think he's unequivocally a top five player in major league baseball. Yeah. But we'll see. Let's uh, let's encourage our listeners to actually use the comment section because no one ever comments on podcasts. Tell <laughs> us what you would give up for Francisco Lindor. I think it's a fascinating discussion, and I would love to see like how our listeners value our prospects. Because for me, like I said, I wouldn't give up Julio or Jared or probably Logan Gilbert, but I could be talked into it. So I want to hear what, what the millions and millions of fans have to say. Um, that was basically the last big Twitter question. I mean, everyone was kind of just like a different variation of get this guy, get this guy. Like <laughs> someone said, Kaoni Kella, who's also from Seattle. I'm pretty against that. No, yeah? I think he's a, he's a, he's a locker room problem. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard can it. tell you off air. I've heard Mikey, it from yeah. enough different uh, sources no. that, uh. I've heard it from people like who played with him in Seattle. Like, he's not that much older than I am. So, like, people right. know him and they're like, yeah, that, guy, that, guy that sucks. guy's a dick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, um, okay. Yeah. yeah uh, at Soto Scoop throughout Jock Peterson, there's kind of an established power bat that you're looking for, Kate. Yeah. Does that, does that tickle your fancy? Love, love Jock, the player. Just, I. It's the same thing with LeMahieu. Like, I think when you've cut your teeth in a major media market, moving to Seattle is rough. Like, I think for Lindor, honestly, I think you could potentially get Lindor to Seattle, even though he probably deserves a bigger media market because he's been in Cleveland for so long. And, like, uh, he's gotten a lot of attention as, like, um, one of the best players in MLB. And he's, he's been sort of one of the faces of MLB. But I don't think he's been cranked up into the superstar partially because MLB sucks at marketing their superstars and they just keep poking a microphone into Mike Trout's face in the hope that he will say something interesting which he never will he never will he's Mike Trout just let him hit baseballs and leave him alone talk to Tim Anderson and Mookie Betts and and Francisco Lindor like those are your those are your faces um so yeah I just I would love for him to go someplace where he gets a little more attention. I think you could potentially get Lindor to Seattle because of that. I don't know about getting Jack Peterson, who has been in LA. He's been in LA, so yeah. I I, I just don't know how thrilled he would be about the idea of okay, coming here. You, you can't want every good player to go elsewhere other than Seattle. You know? <laughs> I you know I'm just trying to be realistic. Like the first few years we did this, I was like, why wouldn't this person want to come here? Why wouldn't this person want to come here? Oh, because it literally took a record-breaking contract to get Robinson Cano to come here. Thank, thank God, though, we would we would have like Nick Swisher and like Josh Hamilton still <laughs> if we would have done that. So, woo. No, I mean at at some point you, money will talk and. I think this year they're in a really interesting position where teams aren't going to be willing to pony up money. So if you are, you have an immediate competitive advantage. And I wrote an article about this. Like, uh, It's something you already see the Royals doing. The Royals are paying their staff. They're paying their minor leaguers. Like, I, If I were a baseball player, I would want to go to the Kansas City Royals. Weird porn stuff aside. Uh, whoa, whoa, what? You know, Dayton. Well, they hit like you don't an know anti- that, Mikey? Well, this is right up your alley. Yeah, this is that. seriously yeah, up say. your alley. 
I, the Royals oh general manager, Dayton, Dayton Moore. Moore. That's his name. Yeah. Dayton, yeah, which should tell you a lot right off the bat. Uh, yeah, old Dayton sure. forbade the Royals prospects from watching porn. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Oh, my. I'm going to go watch some, some like, porn after this. And <laughs> just, some very, like... Uh, in memoriam of, of Dayton. Yeah, Moore. It's some very, like, uh, Greek army kind of stuff or whatever. The You know, the you can't be an effective yeah. soldier if you've been... Uh, using your virility <laughs> yes elsewhere yeah, you gotta stay sharp boys yeah. yeah i don't and i mean also they have some morals arguments against it which again like i think is a very complicated discussion and one i'm interested in having but maybe like not <laughs> like, a super n- that on your players <laughs> not a super nuanced discussion in the royals organization i'm just guessing i, I bet they did That's... not have a lot of like sex positive uh peer educators come in talk to them about uh, problematic depictions of women in pornography probably not probably not um but yeah i think i I, certainly if i were a free agent either minor league or major league player i would be looking at kansas city and what they're doing right now and the mariners have an opportunity to do that they have the money uh they (laughs) there is nothing stopping them from being leaders in that and instead they're doing the same kinds of cost cutting everywhere else across everyone else across the league is doing so pretty disappointed on that front yeah yeah well i for one encourage all of the mariners to watch as much porn as they want because i think that we should be letting our letting our players really explore themselves in a way that doesn't feel restrictive you know like who are we to tell the mariners oh no you can't do this you can't do that thank you matthew like especially you know the thing about porn children is that it's very accessible these days (laughs) so like i feel like trying to put a lid on that is near impossible anyway so like and especially now like not to get too into this but like every (laughs) too into this listen Listen, listen, here's the facts, okay? Every person under 25, which the Mariners have a lot of, grew up with internet porn. It is a fact. So it's not gonna, like, you can't, it's been in their lives for a while. So it's gonna be very hard to put a hard rule on it and say, you can't do this anymore. I can't believe you're the one that's pounding the table for this and not me. Let them watch porn, baby. It's 2020. (laughs) Let the people watch porn. Modern day Marie Antoinette over here. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt watch porn. I like Marie Antoine wet. Oh! <laughs> Fuck yeah, wow. <laughs> Oh, beautiful. If you made it this far, you're welcome. <laughs> yes. You're 100%. Yes, thank you for, for sticking around in time for Matthew to make a Marie Antoine wet-ass pussy joke. Oh, you, you yes and it. I love it. We're Even better. Explicit. See, those improv warm-ups that we do are actually very helpful. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not a function of me drinking this entire 14 hands can of wine, which I see now is worth two... It's worth half a bottle of wine, so... Yeah, I should have drank 14 hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you, uh, Kate and Mikey, oh, for Oh, there's me. no need to thank us for this. <laughs> No, 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 there is. Uh, you can thank me. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Mikey. No problem. <sighs> thank you, everyone who listened. Yes. Um, I really do. I was serious. I want to hear your guys' fake trades. I'm one of those kind of sports fans who lives for fake trades. I wish the MLB had the trade machine. The NBA has ESPN.com has this thing called the NBA trade machine where you can put in 
like the players you want to see in a trade and then it'll tell you like this improves this team this much and this you know oh, yeah. it's really cool but also with the nba you have to match salaries which baseball doesn't have so it's a little easier i guess to do fake baseball trades which should allow you to do it with without any reservations in our comments again so so, someone in mlb should just give you a job matthew because it's that really be shameful if, so many ideas yeah. to pull the sport forward <laughs> It's true. It is very true. And if I can't take that, I will take a 14 hands wine sponsor. Really excited to see Matthew Roberson, uh, MLB's porn czar. <laughs> Listen, I will crunch the numbers. I will if they want me to see what kind of porn increases war or like, you know, what what's the best for before a game, what's the best for after a game? I will I will do that. I will have probably take that P-war. Job. Oh dear. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, by the time this comes out, hopefully Marcus Stroman is on the Mariners and also president of the United States. <laughs> but if that doesn't, if that doesn't happen, we'll be back later in the off season with more updates and hopefully things to talk about because the Mariners they don't go quietly into that off season. No. That is something we know for a fact. So yeah, keep it locked and loaded here for all Mariner off season updates. Uh, and thank you as always for listening. Please subscribe if you feel so inclined. Good friggin' bye. Bye. Thank you. We're sorry. Thank you. Bye. I'm not sorry at all. (laughs) Bye.